Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 223, brought to you by Hook'em.com and our good friends at Bud Light. Drink them if you got them. I'm Cedric Golden of the Austin American Statesman, joined as usual by the Duck, Kirk Bowles. And Duck, very rarely do we get one Hall of Famer on this podcast, but today, we're going to have two. We're going to have Greg Swindell, legendary pitcher of the Longhorns, coming up later. But first, the man who really needs no introduction. No, he doesn't. In my opinion, and I've been wrong many times, the <laughs> greatest athletic director in the history of the NCAA, the Los freaking Dodds, joins us on the podcast. The loss, it's a pleasure. How are you, sir? I'm terrific. And where were you when I was AD and all those nice compliments? I never heard a word. <laughs> I was too, bu- too busy listening to your voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Delos, how you doing? Terrific. World's are you, good. Are you missing being AD in the middle of the fight and everything? Uh, you know, no, uh, I enjoy I enjoy uh, watching from the sideline and and uh, watching Chris Dell kind of do a great job with it all. Excellent. Does, how often does he come to you for advice? Like three times a day or more? <laughs> About as often as you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually pick up when he calls you? That's 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 the good thing because that's the difference. <laughs> we don't see CD, CDC I, just I, like I, you, Delos. Just like you, CDC loves us. He loves us. I know he does. He tells me that. (laughs) (laughs) He did it with a straight face, Said I'm very impressed. I like it. (laughs) Well, you look at it, uh, you're hired there in 1981, over three decades of excellence, 19 national titles, 287 conference titles, uh, the perennial leader in merchandising and branding among college schools, Longhorn Network bringing in $15 million a year and, and great facilities. Uh, you, you helped build it at Texas into a great brand, uh, but you could have remained in the Little Apple. and You could still be at K-State. What made you leave the Little Apple to come to Austin? That, that was a hard decision. In fact, we turned Texas down the first time they offered and rethought it and, and decided that it was something that uh, – we just had to do. Woke up one morning about six o'clock and sat straight up in bed and looked at Marianne and said, you know, we've got to do the Texas thing. Wow. Because Texas is Texas. Because Texas is called, right? Same as Mac Brown called. Yeah. You know, you got you got to uh, It's same as when Mac true. Brown was offered the job by you. It's like when Texas calls, 
people pick up the phone. So anyway, uh, great career. What said said at the outset was absolutely correct. The best AD in the history of college administrations. I don't know why you didn't become the NCAA president, you know, and I was curious, did they ever offer you that job or did they ever approach you about that job? Never, never approached me and never would I have been interested in it. That's not, not a good, that's not a good job. No, it's not. Why is the Texas job so good? Well, it's the people, the state of Texas, you know, just everything here is bigger than real life. Uh, it's an opportunity uh, for anybody to be in the program here. It's an opportunity for you guys to be able to write about Texas on an everyday basis. It's Absolutely. just a great place. Everybody wants to live in Austin. Everybody wants to be in Texas. Uh, you know, proof, proof of the pudding is today everybody's coming to Texas. Well, and you built the brand. I mean, no question about it. I mean, one of the things he did said was he created the Longhorn Foundation and I don't know if they're up to 20,000 donors or more than that now, but he united all the booster clubs for all the various sports and had them under one umbrella. Why did you do that? And uh, did you ever think it would become as big as it, it has, the loss? It's bigger than I ever thought it would be. But uh, when I came, each of the sports had their own fundraising arm. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Wally Scott did the football one downtown, the lawyer, uh, Wellness Smith did track. I mean, there was seven or eight different foundations and not working together, you know, not for, not because they didn't want to, just hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So one of the first things we did is pull it all inside and it's growing. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it is today, 40 million a year or something like that. It's huge. You know, the, the one thing that we, we really, really enjoyed about the loss and, uh, you know, it wasn't always peaches and cream with us. Yeah. And, you know, he, the the loss gave as good as he got and yeah uh but it was always in good humor he he still today calls what do you call our newspaper the loss what's the, what should be on the banner head yeah yesterday's news tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> he's still bringing yesterday's <laughs> news tomorrow um uh, the, the, the one thing that we, that I always enjoyed is we, there's always a, a, some good back and forth with us. And when, when, um, you retired and then they brought in Mike Perrin to replace you, you were at that presser and, um, uh, I was, my column was going to be Mike Perrin had to have talked to the lost Dodds about what he was getting into. And so when I walked over to you, the first thing you said is I'm not answering any questions unless they're about farming. And so without, without even thinking, I go, well, you know what? The loss, my rutabagas didn't come in this year. And you looked at me and said, more manure. And I'm telling you, I don't know what a rutabaga is, but it just came into my head. And you, uh, I've never used manure for any purpose except to, uh, you know, every day, every day to leave me, not to help me. But I every learned something that day. <laughs> well, I'm no better farmer than I was anything else. <laughs> Are you doing any farming? I, I spend a lot of time in Marble Falls. We've got about, I don't know, 15 acres out there, lots of trees, lots of grass, lots of flowers. And it's full time if I'm out there and I love every minute of it. No longhorns on the, uh, on the farm? My neighbor's got 30. Oh, wow. Yeah, national championship longhorns. Uh, I mean, it's, I get my fill of Longhorns driving by his place every day. 
That is so cool. One of, one of the, the great quotes said, I know you remember it, is uh, <clears throat> was said by this, this young gentleman uh, when I asked him, uh, do you have to keep up with the Joneses? And Delos said, and the mic dropped, we are the Joneses. <laughs> do you remember that quote? And uh, do you what, remember- I remember about, what I remember about that, Kurt, is uh, – you, you said that in a way that probably upset me. <laughs> and I was firing back at you with, with uh, not smart enough to know that that was going to get out. <laughs> but, uh, I don't but regret it, saying it. But it was the essence. You just defined the Texas brand. You, you made Texas the Joneses. They're, they're the ones at the top everybody shoots for, whether it's uh, revenue or history or tradition or resources, whatever. Just right along it. with Red McComb saying Texas has more money than the Vatican. I loved it. I just freaking, wow. when I read that, the loss, I go, oh my God, they're the best and and they don't care who knows. And, and to me, I'd much rather be the hunted than the hunter. And uh, it kind of defined a great era of Longhorn athletics. Um, when you look at uh, you bringing in Mac Brown, uh, he wins a national championship. Uh, Rick Barnes gets the, the team to a final four. Augie Garrido comes in and wins a couple of national championships. Uh, Jody Conrad gets the women back to the final four. And the incomparable Eddie Reese, uh, of course, is on campus. And he wins all these national championships. Uh, between 2001 and 2009, there, there wasn't a bigger brand, especially from winning, as far as winning, as the University of Texas. What's it going to take for Texas to get back to that era of the loss? They're, they're going to they're do it. Uh, Texas will get back. It's just, it's not a matter if, it's a matter of when they get back. And don't forget, John Fields was one of our hires who yes, won the national golf. championship at the yeah. same time. Right. And Michael Center uh, was hired then, and his team won a national championship, uh, you know, re- recently. Uh it, those are just great times, great for Texas. Uh, and Texas will do it again. I, Chris has made some great hires, uh, and he's got some good people on staff already uh, that were here when he came. Uh, you know, his football and basketball coaches, uh, as you guys have commented, are that's real serious business, and, and they need to uh, get back where Texas wants to be. And, uh, you know, I, I'm confident these two guys can. Yeah, they, they, he's really hitting a, a hot streak, too. You look at Texas had 10 programs finishing the top 10 in the nation this year to loss, three of them winning national championships. Uh, Eddie, of course, and then, uh, uh, help me say it, uh, rowing is women's tennis. Tennis and, and rowing. Uh, yeah, and they just – it's funny, the loss, they're doing great and everything but football and basketball right now, but – all the other Olympic sports or non-revenue sports are just just killing it. It's just amazing. So, well, you know, some of my parents' hires, uh, and uh, you know what Chris has done with hires has been unbelievable. Uh, it's yeah. like I said, it's not a matter if they'll get back in basketball and football. I really like uh, the two coaches he's hired. Uh, 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 Chris Ogden brought. Uh, Beard over to, to my house. We talked a couple hours, and I really like him. 
it's 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 out there. It just takes time and patience. And uh, you guys being nice, so the public stays off their backs for a while. <laughs> We're always nice. <laughs> I, I want to ask you to go back about the, the Mac Brown hire, and uh, you know you're trying to you just changed uh, coaches with John Makovic and Gary Barnett was the the hot name. Uh, he transformed Northwestern into a, a Big Ten Conference champion, took him to the Rose Bowl. Do you remember uh, – I remember talking to you. You and uh, Tom Hicks, I think, had gone to Chicago, I believe, and talked to Gary Barnett because he was kind of the hot name. But uh, but it didn't turn out that way. Do you remember uh, that no. situation? Well, absolutely, I remember. Um, you know – both coaches were great coaches. Uh, Mac Brown just had magic about him, and he had his wife Sally with him, and she is the perfect lady. Uh, we had, I think, we had twelve people on the committee at the time, and Mac asked me before going in the room uh, to meet with the committee who they were and where they were sitting. Right. And we walked in that room. He sat down. Somebody would ask a question, and he would address that person by their first name. It just absolutely amazed me. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he just, he fit, he, he had this, he had the touch that people from the South have, uh, his personality, uh, you know, it's just a complete package. And he came here and he proved that to be the case. Yeah, he, uh, he, he just had this way about him, the loss of, uh, make, making a person feel like he's known them forever, even though he just met him and, uh, introduced him to my wife many years ago. And then I see him and we run into him again a decade later and he still knows her first name and just, you know, just can charm, charm people in a way that just really ingratiated him with the big boosters and the, and, 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 and the alumni. Um, How rare is it for a coach to have, to be able to not only win games like he did, but also be that CEO that every team needs in this big time uh, money age. He's, he's the first person I've ever been around that had the ability to know everybody's name and remember something about their family and then turn around and be one of the best football coaches in the nation. You know, I went down to see North Carolina play uh, uh, two years ago when we could travel. And he took, I, I think he took four hours on a football game weekend to sit down with me and talk. And that's wow. something no other person or coach would do. I mean, he, he's a true Hall of Famer. I mean, to, to to recreate himself and go back to where he made his name in North Carolina and then to turn that around, I mean, that that's just remarkable, the job that he's done. So uh, I, I think hiring and firing coaches, you know, that's got to be the toughest part of your job. And uh, uh, I'm sure it created a ton of anxiety for you. Is there one that was kind of the hardest for you to do to pull the trigger on? They, they were all hard. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, when you hire somebody and then have to uh, make a change, uh, you know, you fail too. So that that's right. doubly hard. Right. Uh, we've, had, we've had great people uh, come here and have success and then, uh, you know, have a little dip in their success and having to make a change. Uh those things are very, very difficult. I imagine newspapers are going through that today. Oh, yeah. 
on a daily basis. And then, yeah. you know, you were right in the middle of all that expansion talk. It came within a eyelash of, of maybe going to the PAC 12. Although I don't know what your memory of that was, but I remember after that y'all turned down going to the PAC 12, uh, you and Chris Ponsky had told me that y'all might've ended up, if you had to leave, you might've gone to the Atlantic coast conference, the ACC, because like schools, very strong academic schools, and the time zone factor. Do you think well, it, time, it would have been accurate if you ought to go into HCC if you had left? Uh, well, I'd, I'd prefer to go east instead of west. Right. And, you know, it's, I, today it seems the west coast is is lagging a little bit in sports right. and wins and losses and championships and uh, they just they don't seem to have the burnout there they do in the south southeast uh, or, in, or in the east mm -hmm. uh, you know this thing's going to come to a head when the new TV packages are being negotiated and there'll be a lot of changes made and there'll be a lot of changes made and and uh, uh, you know who, who knows how that turns out but there's going to have to be a lot of thought put in that and The loss is so popular, everybody's trying to get a piece Well, that's Baker Montgomery. Baker Montgomery calls me every 30 minutes. <laughs> Still? Tell that man to get a life. Tell that uh, man to get a life. Tell that I, got, I, I, have a, I have a really funny DeLoss story, and no one's ever heard this story. And, Kirk, I know you remember this. DeLoss, you may not remember this, but I have to share this. Um, so we're in the office one day, and – Kirk gets this text message and it's either a text message or an email and it's from you to loss, but Kirk is, is included on this list and he had no business being on there. And so the email said, okay, we need to get CP B B W E G B M and A F to my office at one, we got to talk about something. So we're sitting there going, how did you get this email? And Kirk's like, I don't know. And so we started trying to decipher what these initials meant. So I was <laughs> like, see, BW, that's Butch Worley. AF was Amy Folan. Um, EG was Ed Goebel. Right. Um, CP was Chris Plonsky. And so Kirk looks at me and goes, what do you think my initials are? I go, oh, easily, MF. Has to be MF. And, <laughs> and we laughed. We laughed for 30 minutes. We had no idea why you sent him that, but you, oh, you provided a big laugh for us that day. Uh, I don't remember that either, but MFS, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh. Also, I wanted to talk about the Aggies a little bit. Your good friends, uh, over there at College Station, who uh, you, you seem to antagonize every now and then. Uh, I know you remember when you said about recruiting and the Aggies, and you said they had that tiny little sliver over there in East Texas because y'all were running things. Um, uh, you had a really interesting relationship with the Aggies, did you not? Well, you know, I, uh, the Aggies, the Aggies are big time. They're important to Texas. They're important to the state of Texas, and they, they run a great program. And we just had kind of the AD over there, Bill Byrne, and I just had a good time, you know, poking at each other. 
Yeah. Sometimes we spoke publicly and shouldn't have. Because <laughs> y'all were the Joneses a little bit. So, yeah. and, and said, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when the Longhorn Foundation, when the seed was being planted, Delos, you went to Bill Byrne. And I think y'all were talking then about collaborating and having a joint Longhorn Aggie network because you didn't realize how much money you might make out of this. Uh, can you go back and uh, kind of recreate that uh, when you approached AM about being part of the Longhorn Foundation? I mean, the Longhorn that, Network? That started in a meeting and one of our staff meetings about we need to get some exposure for our sports other than football and basketball. And we talked about how we could do that with television and right. uh, talked about a network. We figured that it would cost us a lot of money to do it. I talked to Bill about the possibility of, of putting the two universities together and having a statewide network that we both could use and there'd be plenty of product to fill the time. Uh, you know, then, then we uh, talked to Fox about it and they, they offered us 3 million a year plus all the expenses. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was huge. And then, ESPN comes in and offers, uh, you know, an average of 15 million a year for 20 years. Right. And, uh, but Bill had turned us down on it. Bill did not want to do that. I don't know whether that would have worked out, whether it had been a good deal or a bad deal, but we did make the offer and they did refuse it. And, wow. And wow. Who knows what, because that a, changed just, a lot of just things. Just a real whiff by the Aggies there. That's a yeah. whiff. Call yeah. it what it, that's a whiff. Yeah. Uh, he and, swung and missed. And, and the fact that A&M, well, they take everything personal and, um, you know, they're kind of always been the little brother of Texas and, you know, they weren't going to be part of the PAC 12 and they left for the SEC and, uh, uh, haven't played since in football. Do you think, uh, the two football programs will play again and should play again? The loss? They'll play again and they should play again. And, you know, they, Aggies going to the SEC has been good for them. Mm -hmm. uh, they thrive yes. with that. Yeah. Well, they made a lot of money. I don't know how many championships they won, but they have made a lot of money. That's for well, sure. They, 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 you know, their football looks good. And yep. uh, it's just, it's, you know, it fits the uh, Southeast Conference, fits uh, AM, and they've had success over there, and, and the money's been good. And I think their fans like it. You know, they fill their stadium. So I'd say it's been a good thing for them. Yep, it sure be nice to see them play. I think they should play Labor Day, start the season, you know, play at a neutral side if you have to. Uh, you didn't mind winning that last game with A and M, did you? I wouldn't want to play. I wouldn't want to play the first game of the season against A and M. I'd want a game or two under my belt, and I'm sure they would too. Yeah, I know they'll never play at the end, probably because SEC always have to play that cupcake uh, uh, yeah. near, near the end of that. You think Texas and the Big Twelve will survive, and it'll keep going or you, you hinted when the TV contracts expire uh, middle of this decade that it could shake everything up. Uh, could you see Texas ever in another league now? I see when the TV thing, when the TV contracts are up, I see there being a lot of changes. Uh, and that's, I'm sure something that Chris Del Conte is spending a lot of time thinking about because it's going to end up different than it is today. How that, how, how it's different, I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be a critical time for the University of Texas and a critical time for college athletics. Was it great that Texas stayed in the Big 12, you think? I think the timing was that we should stay in the Big 12. Uh, you know, there are certain things Texas can't do because of the legislature. You know, I think 
Tech and Texas always have to be together, uh, and probably Baylor. So, you know, there's things that Texas has to do because of outside reasons. Mm -hmm. Delos, I know, I know that uh, you, you're in retirement, so you, you weren't in the middle of all of this. But over the last couple of years, the eyes of Texas controversy has, has really uh, made national headlines and where do you sit on the issue and uh, were you surprised that it blew up like it did? Well, you know, I, I didn't like it that it blew up like it did. Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's two sides to all of that and both sides have a reason to be where they are on it. Uh, it's a complicated question and I don't know whether it's resolved or not. Uh, uh, you know, the, I think older people like the eyes of Texas, younger people probably don't. And that's that's a, something that has to be solved. Uh, you know, they've worked hard to come up with a, a way to solve it, and hopefully that works out for them, for us. I know uh, Mac always said being football coach is like the toughest job in the state. Lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16-year-old Justin Mello, plus better-known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher. Duck, we go from one legend to another. Two Longhorn legends in one podcast. I don't know. God has blessed us severely. Um, Three-time All-American, and for my money, and I don't care who, who disagrees with me, he is the greatest pitcher in Longhorn history. Don't get it twisted. Greg Swindell joins us. He's going to be doing the Vanderbilt region. But since the Longhorns are opening up this weekend with the Austin region, he's he went to every every game, him and Moreland, with the Longhorn Network. So who better to talk Longhorn baseball than Zeke? Doug, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. We got Longhorn royalty with us. And uh, no question, he and Burt Hooten are the two best Longhorn pitchers ever. So, Zeke, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are y'all? I'm good. So you are uh, prepping for that Vanderbilt regional, huh? Yeah, with the um, current climate, we, uh, <laughs> we're doing it, doing it from the home studio. Uh, they set it up in, in February, but we didn't use it because we did the games in Austin. We were the only, only team in the nation that did games from the field. So that was fortunate for us because we enjoy being at the park. But yeah, the Vanderbilt region um, should be fun. It's a it's a whole different atmosphere because you can't just get that game day vibe when you're when you're pretty much watching it on television. But <laughs> I can't I can't wait to call um, Jack Leiter and, and Kumar Rockers games because I've, I've watched them. We've talked about them all year, and those guys are probably two of the top four or five picks in the nation coming up in this draft. So it's going to be fun. They they might go one two. Uh, did the Rangers have the first pick? I think uh, the Lawler kid, I think, is the one that, that they're looking at from, from Dallas. Yeah. 
<laughs> but boy, you can't get much better than than Rocker and Lighter. What talk about them a little bit, Zeke? Uh, what kind of pitchers they are? Overpowering type pitchers with dominant stuff. Oh yeah, both of them. I mean, Kumar is six six, two hundred and eighty pounds. So he he throws wow. 97, 98 miles an hour. And his father was a defensive lineman and NFL coach, so he's got the size and the power and endurance. Lighter, not as big, but has the the pedigree. His his dad had a pretty good arm. Al wow. Lighter, yeah, Al Lighter had a really good arm. But uh, Jack's six one, six two, but it's electric. He's 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 polished. Both of them. It wouldn't be surprising if if they're in the big leagues next year. So that, wow. that's how polished and how. Um, and then Lighter is really a, a a COVID freshman, so he's he's only nineteen years old, and he's wow. he's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan just have a second pick, Kurt. Second. Who's first? It's Pirates. Pirates, of mm-hmm. course. <laughs> so, Zeke, uh, I, 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 know, I know the people didn't tune in to hear him wax poetic on Commodores, even though I was a big Lionel Richie fan growing up. Um, they want to hear about these Longhorns, and the pitching has been magnificent all, all season. And But I, I want to ask you how big a concern, and I did ask David Pierce this same thing, is the bat are the bats? They hit 181 at the Big 12 tournament with 47 strikeouts. That's not going to get it done. So, what do you think that was about? But before we go there, the Commodores was my first concert ever. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's why he's doing the Vandy Regional. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I think they're good. I mean, they, they they're at home. That that's the the good thing. They're very comfortable. They they play well. At the dish, uh, they they just went to Oklahoma City, and, and really, it, it was almost similar to the first three games of the season. <laughs> That's right, how, yeah. how bad a total guy. Uh, yeah. There was power. Oklahoma, uh, that field up there, Chickasaw Ballpark is, is a hitter's ballpark. So, um, it is a little concerning, but I, I mine could have been elsewhere. I mean, they, they pretty much knew they were going to get a regional – you, you, of course, you don't want to lose, but um, I think they they're ready to get back to the to the dish. And now that they know who they have, and I wouldn't be too concerned about it because, um, like I said, I think the dish is a more comfortable place for them. And if they win, they're, they're set up for a super regional, also. Yeah, you don't really lose your region over three or four. You don't lose your confidence. I don't think that quickly. Zeke, I agree with you. And they do play so much better at home. And I don't know, 100% capacity. I don't know if they'll pack, you know, five, ten thousand 10,000 in there Friday, but uh, the huge crowd should help, don't you think? Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, Bevo might even show up since it's 100%. <laughs> he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been there all year because they didn't want to big crowds <laughs> gather around. So They didn't want him to get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I no, I, I think it's going to be great. Um, that's that's one thing me and Zonk, we both wish we, we could be doing the games because it is the, the playoff atmosphere and, and the dish when when people are there. We saw when Tech was in town that, that just two or three thousand what the noise they can make. So it's um it's a it's a exciting place and I think the, the people are ready. Uh, one o'clock Friday afternoon might be a little tough, but, but <laughs> it, it, it's the regionals. Uh, they have, but they have Southern uh, feel like they can beat them. So the next, their second game will be at night and, and Saturday will be rocking at the dish. And, and we were talking earlier in the week about the pitching decision, whether you start Ty Madden, your ace, or do you go with number two, Tristan Stevens, or even 
number three, Pete Hansen. Uh, I think you kind of lean toward Tristan Stevens, same as we do, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't think right now you can go wrong. I mean, all three guys are, are very good. Ty is going to be a first-round pick, probably in the top ten in the draft. So he's obviously really good and powerful. Tristan Stevens, in my opinion, has been the best pitcher all year. He's mm-hmm. been the most consistent into the sixth inning and every start after not being a starter in college his first couple of years. So um, I, I like that. Um, Pete Hansen, since he's been starting lately, is going to get, give you depth. And you know what you're going to get from those two, Tristan and Pete. You know they're going to go out and throw strikes. They're not going to walk people. And they're, they're going to get the ball over the plate. So, um, But if it was me, I, I think I would go with Tristan in, in that ball game because Ty has been your number one. And the second game should be um, the one that you really need to win. I mean, obviously the first one, but I think. Yeah, a little it, more of a test. Right. It's, it's probably, I mean, we just say it. It's a better team. You're going to face a better team. <laughs> exactly. The one thing that I just keep coming back to, Zeke, is this is by far David Pierce's best team. I mean, from top to bottom, he's got – I mean, this this Tanner Witt kid, oh, my God, he is just – he's a lawnmower in there. And and so I, I just see – you see power. You see guys hitting for average. You got a shortstop, Faltini, who's hitting 240, but he can, he can hit two or three bombs. You just never know. This guy's got pop. I mean, he's got major league power. And so um, how do they mess it up? I just don't know how they – I mean, talent usually wins out in these things. And I know you have a story for our listeners how you guys were loaded and almost got caught slipping, and I think it was against Grambling back in the day. Yeah, it, it can happen. I mean, it, if Texas plays like they did in the Big 12 tournament, it can happen. But um, they shouldn't. They should be ready. It's it, another wake-up call. But, yeah, back in the day, I think, was it was 80, 85? Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're playing Grambling. They not, weren't supposed to be as good. Obviously, the, the, the four seed in the, in the regional. And uh, what, what we did know was Gary Eve, who was going to be a first <laughs> for Grambling, and ended up – uh, pitching well, and it was a close game. Mike Pale started for us. He was a first-round pick by the Indians in 85. So uh, a good pitching matchup, but we just couldn't do much offensively. And I came in I, – I think it was over five innings that I came – I had to come in in relief. I didn't have to, but they brought me in. And we ended up going 12 innings to beat Grambling in, in the first game of the regional. So it can happen. Um, the su- Southern, they're going to be fired up when they come to the dish. It's going to be Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. You just never know when it gets to, to regional play and playoff baseball that, that what can happen. So uh, you can't let your guard down or you can get beat. I'm, I'm trying to remember that Grambling game. Did Gus put you in or did you just decide, okay, I'm going in and just run <laughs> out and grab the ball? Because, say, this guy used to go down to the bullpen. Gus wouldn't even send him down there. He'd go down there to warm up and just – he would kind of tell Gus, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going in. There's, there's, a, there's a story at A&M that – I really did come in the game without Coach Gus telling me to come in the game, and I don't, I don't really remember it. But if you ask Ty Harrington, he remembers every bit of it. And and I, if, I you, look, if you look at the box score, I, I did pitch the rest of that A&M game, so maybe I did come in. Well, I, don't, I don't know how many pitches you threw against Grambling, but it was four or five innings, and I'm sure you threw 80 pitches, and then you got a whole day of rest, maybe two, and then you probably threw 120 against Oklahoma, right? 
Uh, well, day of rest, that's, that's a lot for me back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. And, and then Oklahoma at that time, I mean, Bobby Witt, oh, they, yeah. had a, they had a powerful lineup. I'd played with a lot of them in summer league. So I knew them, knew Coach Bo. And, uh, it was just um, a, a fun time. But, yeah, one, one day off, that's – I'm ready to go the next day. Which one of these players do you expect to bust out this weekend offensively? Man, well, I'd, I'd like to see Ivan Melendez. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, me too. I, I wonder. Yeah, he's he's had such a great year, and, and rumor, I think David said he, he wasn't feeling well at the Big 12 tournament. He said he um, threw up. He was throwing up in the dugout, he told us. It showed, I mean, it showed. I mean, you knew something had to be wrong because – 0 for 10 with nine strikeouts is not Ivan Melendez. It's not what's going to happen to him. And then he didn't even play the last game. I'd expect him down one in the ninth. He's going to come off the bench to pinch hit. Uh, get you a homer, tie it up, but never saw him. Um, I, I would like to see Ivan uh, get back on track. I think everybody else will will follow the lead. Um, Faltini, like you say, I mean, that guy, I would have loved to have had him behind me on defense. Him and Mitchell Dale. They're both outstanding players and the great thing about it is they're going to be around for two more mm-hmm. years these are, program, these are program guys yes uh, you brought up tanner witt also um that guy could he'll be a first rounder he's he's got that type of type of stuff the fastball's there and he's one of those guys that you really have to pull the reins back on him and that's a good thing i mean he gets out there he's emotional he's athletic and uh there's, I'm, I'm excited not only for this weekend, but for what this Texas team has in the future. Yeah, you mentioned Faltini, a 240 hitter. He may be the most dangerous 240 hitter in college baseball. Absolutely. No question. He's, just, he's got star quality written all over him. I don't know if he's a – I'm not saying he's going to be Derek Jeter, but he may be Didi uh, Gregorius or something. I don't, does he look like a major leaguer to you, Zeke? He's, he's about the same size as Derek Jeter. I mean, he, yeah. he's, he's, he's a big kid. Yeah. And, he could have taken scholarships other places as a pitcher. That's how good yeah. Army. That's how good Army has. He's, but he wanted to play shortstop, and he came to Texas. Um, I I don't think we we've we've all seen a lot of baseball in Austin, and um, I played with some. We've we've seen the uh, uh, Beloy was was an excellent shortstop. David Hamilton, uh, all yeah. the way back to Mike Owen. So yeah, I don't. I don't think of any shortstop being better in the field at Stray Faltini at University of Texas. Yeah. Man, that's saying something. Wow. He's good. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he, he can play short and third. Usually throws balls from the third baseline <laughs> or up the middle. I mean, he, he just has such good range. And I really believe um, I've talked to Tulo uh, just through phones and, and, and text messages that he, he has a lot to do with it. But if you ask Tulo, he's like, no, the, the kid works. He, he works at his craft, and every day he's taking ground balls and at early work. Um, Tulo is, is a big part of, of what's going on. That he, uses, he actually uses Tulo's glove, the same exact glove. Tulo gave it to him. So, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. It, that is um, cool. He's, he's a great shortstop, but you get great by, by working, and that's what Trey does. Yeah. Well, like, like Sid said, this is David Pierce's best team. I'm not so sure it's not the best team in the last 10 years or so. And and I think the difference, great pitching, great defense, but the offense is dangerous, more power, and you can start rallies up and down the lineup. So do you think the offense kind of makes this even more dangerous than most Texas teams, Zeke? 
Well, yeah. Um, I played on, we, we talked about the 1985 team and look in the record books. and <laughs> That team was, was really good. And this team is, is right there with it. I think more than the bats, I think it's the speed of this lineup. Yeah. Uh, they, they have run the bases the best I've seen a Texas team do in a long time, uh, take the extra base. Uh, sometimes they're going to get thrown out. They have made some stupid mistakes as well, but when you're on the bases and, and you're trying to score and trying to use your speed, those things are going to happen. But so I, I really think the speed of this lineup is is what can affect a ball game also. Yeah, yeah that that Eric Kennedy, man, that dude gets around the bases. He's a yeah, blur. They play him like a softball. They, they play him halfway up at first and third, knowing he's going to go out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. No, he's, so, he's that good. He's that good. And I think Eric Kennedy may be coming on a little bit too. You know, he's been kind of the forgotten guy under the radar uh, most of the year. But it seemed like he kind of be is heating up a little bit and may yeah, have something to do with this regional. Well, he, he just has to make contact is all Eric Kennedy needs to do. Yeah. Because we, we talk about the speed. I mean, if, if he makes contact and puts the ball on the ground, it's a base hit. Uh, yeah. but, he, but he does have power. And that's the scary thing. He's, he's usually batting in the nine hole. So you got him yeah. followed by Pico back at the top of the order. You got a lot of stolen <laughs> bases right there, a lot of speed. Exactly. We have mentioned catcher. I mean, as an as a All-American pitcher, you always had an appreciation for catchers. Uh, we don't talk Silas Ardwan doesn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, publicity of the headlines. But uh, like his pedigree, he's really solid behind the plate, isn't he, for such a young guy? Well, he is. Um, he's he's a, he's a bulldog. He, you know, he he, do, he doesn't see too much vocalness out of him. But he him him and his pitchers, they're always talking. Um, he, he's caught time adding every start, uh, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, they, he's got a relationship with with the coaches and the and the pitching staff. And, um, what he does behind the plate, usually catchers don't even get recognized because they're doing their job, but right. it's, it's, he's, he's the captain. He sees everything out on the field. Uh, Zonk and we talk about his at bats too. He, he sees a lot of pitches. He grinds out at bats, um, averaging, you know, great, but look what he did against West Virginia in the big 12. Just mm-hmm. didn't just poke the ball to right. Got two RBIs. They won the game. So he, he's, he's a really good player and the pedigree is there for him as well as dad. Danny played a little bit in the big leagues too. Right. Right. You have a, you know, you have a unique relationship with the school. I mean, you're a, you're a Longhorn legend. I uh, went into the Hall of Honor in 96, won a, won a World Series uh, with the Diamondbacks. Uh, what goes through your mind when, you, when you're watching this spring and all of these championships are falling out of the sky, rowing and women's tennis and uh, swimming and diving and, and 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 here is the number two national seed with a chance to get to Omaha and 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 win another championship for the first time uh, since '05. Well, what 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 kind of feelings does, does that bring in your heart when you see such dominance on a national scale from the Texas Longhorns athletically everywhere? Uh, you you pump your chest up a little bit. You, you got a lot of burnt orange. You're wearing a lot of burnt orange, a lot of longhorn stuff. Um, you, yeah, you got, we got a lot of friends around in all a bunch of schools. So it's, it's bragging rights. Um, but 
I, I think it's a, a testament also to, to Chris Del Conte. I mean, he's come in, he's hired some coaches, he's fired some coaches and, and kind of changed the culture. And when you see that from, from the top, um, it's going to trickle down. And, and mm-hmm. Texas, in every sport, like you said, it's not football, baseball, and basketball. It's, it's sports that – rowing? Who, who, who knew Texas <laughs> had a national championship rowing team? Well, now you do. I, I was retweeting it the other day. <laughs> Everything. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing because it's not just men's sports. It's, it's women's sports. It's all sports. Yeah, it's very well-rounded. They're just looking like an excellent program in every aspect. Uh, the baseball team, getting back to them a little bit, uh, they're matched up with the Florida Regional. I haven't seen the Gators play. Great program, though. I don't know. Have you seen any college baseball, seen Florida? Uh, you expect them to get out of that regional in Gainesville? Well, they got they got Miami uh, out there with them. So um, right. That, right. that could be a, a tough gig. But they've played each other all year. They know each yeah. other. Um it's it's a Florida team that's, that has pitching. So as, as they have the last few years, right. and if 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 they're on, they they can be really good. Uh, a Miami team, you don't really think of pitching; you think of hitting. So mm-hmm. uh, they they got their work cut out, and hopefully um, Texas can win. And if either Miami or Florida gets out of that that region, um, it'll be exciting because Texas we lost to Miami in '85, and they beat Florida in 2005. <laughs> so the winner of that that game that regional will go to Omaha and have a chance again. Yeah, and Arkansas is kind of considered, you know, kind of the runaway favorite to win this whole thing. Uh, I'm picking Vanderbilt just because I love, you know, pitching and, and and rocker and lighter and and they've got the DNA, you know, the last ten or fifteen years as you know the hot program. Uh, do you think Arkansas is the team to beat and? Would you put Texas in there, like, you know, top three or four teams to win it all? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas, um, gosh, pretty much 70% of the nation has penciled them in already. And, yeah. and why Why not? Uh, they, they have the offense. They have the starting pitching. Their, their entire pitching staff is good. Um, the nation, their closer, I think he's given up like three runs all year. Tops. <laughs> um, it's it, They're just a well-rounded team. If they're the only – they, they're going to beat themselves. That's the only way they're going to get beat, I believe, um, right. unless you run into a Vanderbilt that has the two power arms and they're on that night, unless you run into a time ad who's on that night. And um, both of those staff, you, you like Vanderbilt, their staff, it's not just rocker and lighter. I mean, they, ha- they have a staff that's, I mean, something about some in the water around college baseball. Everybody's throwing 94, 95 miles an hour. And they, they have an entire staff that does that. But mm-hmm. Texas, this time of year, it's, it's the team that's playing well. So you hope Texas for, for everyone that, that, that's a Longhorn can they, they get over that. And if they can, they've played well enough this season to, to give it a run. Yeah, no sure things. You never know when somebody might drop some foul ball like Arkansas did or Bill Bates drops the only uh, of his career. Don't make, don't make me turn this, this Zoom off. <laughs> It hurt my heart there. Uh, oh, it hurt. Yeah. I, I remember that. that yeah, was so I still, still had to get three more outs after that, and I gave up the hit. And they oh. scored. And we had an opportunity the next day to, to beat them again, and we didn't. So that's what I'm saying. At any given day, someone can creep up on you and beat you, and Miami did that. We we were confident we were going to win the national championships that year. I know uh, it. I was on the mound and gave up two runs, and we got beat. The next day, we scored six. If that happened the day before, we're national mm-hmm. champions. 
Yeah, I got, I got one last thing for you. You see Lance Berkman getting the Houston Baptist job. Uh, is he wanting to hire you as pitching coach, or are you going to go into coaching yourself and be a D1 head coach someday? Oh, no. I'm, I'm happy where I am. Yeah. I'm in the booth. Um, no, it's, it's a grind. Coaching's a grind. I got I got a gig that's from, from February till early June, and that's about it. I'm going to go get on a pontoon boat. And, but <laughs> – Berkman, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, HBU is right there in the hood, Sharpstown, right in the middle of Sharpstown. So I'm happy for him. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's been at Second Baptist, the high school. Mm-hmm. He's probably wanting to, to work his way up as far as the level of college baseball. So give that a shot and see what happens. But he's, he's, he's good, and I know the players and, and athletes like him. Well, Doug, before we let him go, I got to tell the story, Zeke. We, we talk, every time I see you, we talk about it. So 2006, my last year on the UTB, the Longhorns are defending national champions. It's early in the season, and this is back when the Statesman was sending me to all the games. They have a weekend set at UNLV, and, I, you know, the LV is what gets me there <laughs> in UNLV. So we're in Vegas. It's Friday night, and uh, Zeke just – Moreland's out there, I think, calling the game with Craig Way. And Zeke is out there. You know, they decided to meet up. And so they tell me, meet us at the Hard Rock. We can play some blackjack together. And I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, the, the non-millionaire is going to play blackjack with a couple of big guys. So I walk, <laughs> I walk over to the Hard Rock after the game, and they're at the $25 hand table. You know, and right away I go, I'm going to go play the nickel slots, you know. <laughs> This is pre-columnist. This is pre-columnist money. So, Mark oh, Mar- Yes, and Marlon, in so many words, goes, sit your you-know-what down, see. I got you if you blow up. I had like 300 bucks in my pocket. Sit at first base, Duck. I went 14, my first 14 hands. No. And after the, at a $25 hand table. And after the fourth hand, I start progressing because that's what I do. I'm not going to put Swindell's business out there. He he killed him that night. But the reason I tell this story, we all won. But the reason I tell this story is a fan walks up and he, and he notices celebrities at the table. He goes, Hey, you're Keith Moreland. What are you doing? What are you doing? Keith goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing radio for the Longhorns. I do football. Um, I'm doing some instructional stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he looks at Zeke. He goes, you're Greg Swindell, aren't you? And and he goes, what are you doing right now? And Zeke goes, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and without, without, without missing a beat, Moreland goes, damn, if I had just been born 10 years later, I could say the same thing. <laughs> it's so great. That is so great. They, they tried everything that night to, to get us off that table. It didn't yeah. work. It just didn't work. Yeah. I, 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 never, I never won so much playing blackjack and done so little the dealer just kept busting and i've been chasing that dealer for the last 15 years i think they ran him out of town because we killed him that night we did and it was was, i mean it was we were playing with house money but we also took a lot of house money (laughs) (laughs) oh yes we did yes we did and ironically doug that was the same same night that the Longhorns were up 10 nothing in the third inning and blew the lead and lost. And Augie got tossed. Because it was they were up so much and went, went to gamble. I mean, it was kind of cold that night anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was. 
Well, man, it's always a pleasure to, to, to hang out with you, man. I hate it took us so long to get you on the podcast, but we got to do it again uh, sometime, some, maybe during before the College World Series, Zeke, because I expect the Longhorns to be there this time next weekend. Yeah, if they if they play the way they have this season, man, they're they're a good enough team to make a run and, and make it to Omaha, which would be the thirty seventh trip for the Longhorns to to the College World Series. So that's always fun to to say no one has ever done that, and the number keeps going up each time they get there. That's an amazing record, NCAA record Texas has, and like I said, Texas belongs in Omaha, and yes, uh, Zeke knows that better than any of us. So. Man, appreciate it. Have a great regional at Vanderbilt, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to listen and watch you uh, on some telecasts. Yeah, the first one will be on uh, Friday night. We'll be on SEC Network. So um, Perfect. Tune in. All we'll right. tune in. We'll check you out. Thank you, brother. Always good to talk to you. I appreciate it. All right, See you, later. Take care, buddy. Duck, at the risk of cracking open a can of old Milwaukee, it just doesn't <laughs> get better than that. Man, was that, that fun? That was fun. That was two great conversations in one day. Now, college football fans, um, FYI, we didn't we didn't do the number eight team for the countdown this week because when greatness calls, we have to answer the bell. So we we're gonna return to that next week. And let me tell you this: we're gonna have a third straight Hall of Famer. On next week's podcast, you can book that. It's going to happen. That's called a tease in the radio business. So, uh, but we enjoyed today. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Uh, we got to give big thanks to Longhorn Legends, DeLos Dodds, and Greg Swindell for joining us. That will do it for episode 223 for the Duck, Kirk Bowles. I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought. Powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.